now it's Just Plane Radio. Yeah. The show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. I can fly. Take me to the Brought to you by JustPlaneRadio.com. It's your lucky day. Your aviation resource on the information super skyway. You got a plane. Call Just Plane Radio toll free now at 888-884-2FLY. And the sky's the limit. That's 888-884-2359. Sir, I'd like you to take the helm, please. I'd be glad to. Greg, your co-pilot, that's me, Law Captain Dennis. We are your crew for Just Plane Radio, the show devoted to the aviation lifestyle and learning to fly. Also with us today, Tom Haynes. Formerly with AOPA, now a full-time consultant and, uh, you know, correspondent for Just Plain Radio. So he's going to be with us today as well. But before we get to Tom and find out what's been going on with him, uh, Dennis has been uh, crossing paths with someone that we wanted to bring on the show uh, today. Todd is his name. And Dennis, tell us about Todd. How did you guys meet? Well, you know me. I'm always looking for a $100 hamburger destination, and I decided to move it up a notch and went to the Waco Kitchen in Lakeland, Florida, uh-huh, okay. the home of Sun and Fun. Right. They have a brand new restaurant on the field. And uh, let me just say that they've elevated the experience. When I walked upstairs to go to the host t- table and get my, you know, get seated, I was greeted with a table tent that said this table was reserved for our airplane. Really? That's kind of classy. They, yeah, there was a reservation. They, they heard us on the Unicom call in and uh, took down the end number and had the seating on everything by the time we got upstairs. That's I like pretty it. classy. Well, Todd, welcome to uh, Just Plain Radio. How you doing? Doing great. Thanks for having me. So this new place, Waco Taco, uh, I love the name of it. I mean, it, <laughs> didn't Ted Nugent do a song like that? Sounds familiar. Or it could be a new jingle for your restaurant but how long have you guys been open there in lakeland so we opened the doors here on august 8th so we're right around three months in and uh waco comes from uh we build aircraft up in battle creek michigan ah. so that's where this was all birthed at okay so you specialize in tacos i assume or much more than well, that that's just one of uh, many variety of things we have on our menu here but that seemed to fit our bill when we uh started out up there in battle creek okay i like it and uh you, you give the uh food two thumbs up i assume dennis is that oh, right i'm gonna put more than two thumbs up I'm okay gonna use now the put other that back down that's table, disgusting so. well, there was three of us and it was definitely thumbs up from okay three, okay so. i kid so you can actually dial up on the radio to the place there in lakeland and you guys reserve the table just like that todd that's how it works yes currently uh here at waco we take reservations over the phone um, and what you mentioned earlier, whenever we see a, a plane fly in, and obviously the parking is right here in front of our restaurant, so we see you guys taxiing in, and we uh, we immediately get into action and reserve you a table. Nice. So did you talk to Todd quite a bit uh, on site there, Dennis? Well, I had a great experience because obviously we were shepherded to our table, to, you know, to a reserve table and sat down and the waitress took great care of us. It was only afterward that I wanted to track down somebody from the restaurant. Yeah, that's you were, where, you were focused on eating, is what you're trying to say. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that Bavarian pretzel wasn't going to go down by itself, you know? Okay, so you got pretzels, you got tacos. I mean, is there any particular, like, main dish that you guys specialize in, or is it a huge menu uh, there, well, Todd? Well, of course, it's a pretty pretty versed menu. Yeah. Um, you know, it's a European-American fusion. Of course, we got the uh, $100 hamburger, but it is not $100. Okay. Um, but our menu is really geared towards the area. Um, we do share six core items with the Battle Creek location, but otherwise our chefs here, uh, create a menu based on what's local and, uh, 
kind of what the draw is in our area. What would that be in Lakeland? I don't know. I mean, well, it's a, it's a bit seafood forward. Okay, so, that um, makes sense. We uh, we have a swordfish and salmon, which are pretty great sellers. And uh, right now, our pork chop seems to be the biggest hit. Hmm. How about that? What did you have, uh, Dennis? Did you stick to the tacos, or did you get well, more adventurous? Uh, no, I actually went for the hamburger. Okay. Um, and then uh, my son got the uh, the pork chop, and uh, our friend that came with us uh, got the flatbread. Yeah, there's, so I we, think we they're chopping stuff right now, actually. Everything. But you liked it all, and the family liked it all. Is that right? Oh, it was terrific. I definitely want to go back. Yeah. And, and, well, you were planning on doing just that, I guess, right? Because you you raved about this place. He called me up. He goes, oh, my God, I just had had a hamburger, had lunch over at this place. We got to go back. I might do something special for the family in the future, too. Right, Dennis? Well, that's correct. We have a a big uh, anniversary coming up here in the next few weeks, so so I might have to take my uh, my wife over there and uh, have her experience the the Waco kitchen firsthand. Got it. So, Todd, are you a pilot yourself, or are you more of a foodie, or a little bit of both? I'll have to say I'm more of a foodie, uh, and was introduced to the aviation community once I took on this uh, this job. Yeah, and, and so uh, I mean, do you have a favorite menu item that you guys offer? If that's your thing, uh, I am. I am all about the flatbread. We have a uh, two different flatbreads here, but the black and blue flatbread is just phenomenal. Um, you got to come and try it. I, I, you know what? I think we do. Dennis, uh, just swing up, pick me up. Uh, Tom probably would meet us down there too. And, and I mean, how far in advance do you got to make a reservation? Just like while you're in the air towards oh, you uh, Lakeland, you just on the radio. Sure. Yeah, sure. Call us while you're on your way. We'll uh, we'll make room. I like this. I like this. It sounds like another reason to fly, Dennis. So, and that's all you're looking for is an excuse, I assume. And that's pretty much all it takes for me. Just give me an excuse to go fly and I'll be there. But, you know, looking through that menu was a pretty, pretty good variety. I mean, you can even order an airplane off the menu. They have three choices. And so whoa, 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 really you can order an airplane. YMF. What do you mean you can order an airplane? Well, this is the Waco kitchen and it is part of Waco aircraft. And they do actually have the airplanes listed on the menu. So if you wanted to order a hamburger and the airplane to go with it, why not? Okay. I thought it was a nice nice touch. I, that sounds like a pretty nice touch. Have Have you had anyone make uh, or place that order, Todd, there at Waco so, Taco? Currently, nobody here in Lakeland has purchased a plane at lunch, but I can certainly think that it has taken place up in Battle Creek, which is where they produce <laughs> those planes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. What, what is it like? Is there like a Thursday uh, or like Taco Tuesday kind of deal? Like you buy two tacos, get a free plane kind of thing? There's none of that going on. No, we haven't started that up yet. <laughs> okay. Well, just an idea. Probably sure. a bad one, but uh, I'll throw <laughs> it out there regardless. Tom, have you been out to this place or heard about Waco Taco? Uh, well, the Waco Kitchen, sure. I'm familiar with it. And um, and I, w- I have, the last time I was in Battle Creek, however, it was still under construction. I stopped there for fuel on the way to Oshkosh, I think like two years ago, and um, was not able to get in because the, the one up there was under construction. But Todd, I'm curious about the kind of the history of the connection because Waco Aircraft has obviously been around for many decades, and um, but it has relatively new owners, and they're the ones that sort of decided that a restaurant combined with an airplane company was a was a good thing. Uh, can you tell me about that connection? Sure. Well, our owner Dieter and our CEO Sven uh, wanted to add value to our employees, the local community, and the entire aviation community by serving you know a nutritious meal at reasonable prices. And so, in essence, to do that up there in the factory for the um, ladies and gentlemen building the planes, they decided to open up the Waco Kitchen. I like it. 
And his right. name is Dieter, like uh, Dieter. from uh, like from Saturday Night Live. I'm as happy as a little girl. And now you know why on the menu they don't just call it a pork chop; it's a Schweinbraten. Is that you what know? it is? You, you okay. can definitely hear the the German influence and Bavarian pretzels with a uh, knockwurst now- as a side. Yes, makes it makes sense. a whole lot of sense. Okay, now it's all coming together for me. Yeah, I mean, yeah. this sounds like an awesome place. And, I mean, how many people can you, you know, uh, handle at a given time? Like, what's the, I mean, is lunchtime much more busy than dinner, or it just depends on the day, or what, Todd? Sure, it all depends upon the day. Uh, we have a seating capacity of 151. Okay. And our patio, outside patio seating, is right around 60. Um, and you're right out in the elements there with the screened-in patio. It's fantastic. I love this. Now, is this going to be, uh, I would imagine it's going to be pretty hopping for Sun and Fun next year. Is that right? I am gearing up as we speak. Okay. I, the, I hear the words Sun and Fun daily. Yes. They're like, are you ready? We're going we're gonna to fill this place. <laughs> yes, uh, for we're we're going to need a table for five. Is that possible to get that reserved for the whole week? Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's where Greg and I will be. Yeah. Make your reservation now. I think is what uh, we got to get out of this. But that, that's awesome. Uh, Todd, great stuff. Uh, thanks for the update, and we wish you the best with Waco Taco there in Lakeland. Yes, Waco Kitchen. <laughs> you know, I got mixed up with that whole Ted Nugent song. I apologize. It's just me. <laughs> so, do you got a website we can send people to, Todd? Certainly, Waco Kitchen. There you go. WacoKitchen.com, I assume, right? Yep. Thank you for having me. Our pleasure. Hey, uh, coming up, we got Tom Haynes, formerly with AOPA, now full-time consultant for Just Plane Radio, next with the latest aviation news and information. Just Plane Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. Approach the great and powerful Roz. Uh, Dennis, uh, Hangar 18 down the street. Swirlings! The great and powerful Roz knows why you have come. Okay, uh, some spark plug wires and washers for my Mooney 201. Swirlings! The magnificent Roz has every intention of granting your request. Great! But first, you must prove yourself worthy by bringing me a stick from a Cirrus Vision Jet. You know, I'm not a fan of the whole flying monkey thing. I think I'm going to call aircraft spruce and specialty. Oh, okay, you got me. Uh, just a man behind the curtain with a aircraft spruce catalog. Pretty cool, though, huh? You don't need a wizard to find parts for your plane. You need Aircraft Spruce and Specialty. Supplying the aviation industry for over 50 years. Aircraft Spruce and Specialty. Call 877-4-SPRUCE. 877-4-SPRUCE or go to aircraftspruce.com. That's aircraftspruce.com. Whether you're a flight student, an experienced pilot, or simply an aviation enthusiast, there is a place for you as a member of the Aircraft Owners and Pilots Association. Join AOPA to get the latest general aviation news, safety resources, and technical support you need to sharpen your skills and become a central part of the nation's vibrant general aviation community. Learn more about becoming a member at AOPA.org. That's AOPA.org. Do you have a message or product you need to share with the aviation world? Well, look no further than Just Plane Radio. Just like you, thousands of aviation enthusiasts are hearing this message. And we could be talking about you and your product or service as early as next Saturday. Remember, a terrible thing happens when you don't advertise. Nothing. 
go to JustPlainRadio.com. Send us an email and let us get to work to make your marketing message matter. Plane Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. How do they get all that metal up in the air? It makes no sense. It also doesn't make any sense how much you're sweating. Ha! He thinks we're all going to die. This guy. If the plane doesn't kill you, I will. Looks like it's time for someone to take their sleepy pill. You're going to be okay. You got to fly, got to fly away. No need to be This is Just Plane Radio. Greg, a co-pilot. That's me along with Captain Dennis and from, well, formerly from AOPA. We have Tom Haynes. He's retired now and now a full-time consultant for Just Plane Radio and uh, helping us navigate the latest aviation news and information. And uh, Tom, you've been pretty active still. I mean, what do you, what do you think? Are you working more now than uh, you did when you worked for AOPA, even though you're technically retired? <laughs> yeah, define working. Right? Well, exactly. I have been right. super busy. Mm, we're busy with the uh, stuff around the house and camping and biking and hiking and all sorts of, of fun stuff. So I'm not sure I consider that working. Uh, the pay isn't as good, but you well, know, there's the, that. the, the yeah. psychological pay is pretty good and that I'm having a lot of fun. So well, I guess there, that's, that's something too. That's what matters for sure. But you're still helping out AOPA. They just had a big flying. Yeah. Where was it again? I was at uh, Tampa Executive uh, Airport a couple of weekends ago. We had uh, the AOPA Hangout. Um, uh, it's a new format for AOPA, kind of a smaller version of than our regional appliance that we did for quite a number of years and uh, still kind of in a COVID recovery mode as we figure out what's going on with people. So we kind of came up with this uh, different format this year where um, it's sort of a less compressed schedule, more relaxed, uh, and it's a hangout. We, we put a lot of time in the schedule for people to come and just hang out with one another at fire pits. We got live music, we got bar food trucks um, and, and seminars and the sort of things you might expect at a, at an AOPA fly in, but yeah. kind of just a more relaxed schedule. All right. So yeah. Less formal. A great time. Okay. And just come yeah. out, you know, you have different things. What, like a tater bake, things like that around the campfire or, <laughs> or what? Well, not exactly a tater bake, but food trucks, <laughs> food trucks. So, okay. Well, that's yeah. even better. Yeah. Yeah, and you could Dennis, maybe bring your own tater and, and throw it in. But. Well, why not? It's uh, it's informal like that. You're just hanging out, like, hey, I brought a bag of taters. Right. Let's uh, let's talk over yeah, them. Go yeah, throw it right in here. Yeah, Dennis, yeah. what you were there, right? You went over to the uh, Tampa one, right? Or did you? I did. I made it in for for got a couple hours there. I had to uh, divert uh, on my way in because the stole competition had shut down the airport. So that's ah. how I wound up at the Waco Kitchen. Uh, but I did come back and I was able to hang out with Tom for a little bit and bump into a few other people I knew there and and then leave before the airport closed down for the night. Okay, was that, so you had a stall competition. Oh, is that new? Is that they they usually do those at these uh, kind of events, Tom, or is that just me? I didn't yeah. We- We've done some some uh, in the last couple of years. We've sometimes done uh, stole demos. Yeah. Now uh, this one was really good though because uh, the crowd was right along the uh, you know the gra- the runway that they were using for the stole demonstration, and right. it was uh, had a really good view. We had I think uh, six about six airplanes participating, and uh, the the stole demo went on Friday night and then twice on Saturday. So it was a good a good opportunity for people to get to see the amazing 
performance that some of these airplanes and one of the most fascinating one was a plain old Piper Archer. You know, there were really? some uh, there was a custom built Super Cub there that you right. know really designed for stole, but uh, the, an interesting one was like this plain old Piper Archer that that a guy was using and he he was getting off the ground in like 300 feet wow. uh, landing, you know, in like 200 feet and so it's it's pretty amazing what you can do with uh, just a, a regular airplane, get into some surprising places that you wouldn't think you might be able to. Well, I, I I've seen the video of these, and it, it is always mind boggling. Uh, but but the wind plays a major factor on that too. Uh, so did you have yeah. was it pretty co- you know was it co- cooperating that day when you uh, had the stall uh, competition or what do you think? Yeah, they had a little bit of a crosswind uh, uh, first part of Saturday, I think, and Friday night as well. Uh, so that complicates things a little bit. But, it, you know, obviously any kind of a headwind component is better than a tailwind component. They, right. they did have the opportunity. They could have flipped the thing around and had them land the other direction if we'd have had uh, wind from the opposite direction. So, again, a, a really nice location because of the opportunity to do that. But we didn't, didn't need to do that. So worked out uh, well. But. The wind is definitely a factor. Yeah. So is this a, just an exhibition type of thing that you did at the event, or or is there like prize money up for grabs, or you know uh, the winner yeah. gets a free round of beers or something, or what? Uh, what do they do for <laughs> yeah, these I think, things? Yeah. Well, this was just a demonstration. There are stole competitions around the country where people are competing for prizes uh, and bragging rights. Right. Here it was more just about bragging rights. Um, but we, nobody's really keeping score. It was just uh, basically to demonstrate for the crowd, you know, the what the capabilities of these airplanes, what it is that you can do, and and it was it, it really was a lot of fun to watch. Have you been uh, tempted to participate in one of those yourself? I mean, don't they do categories I, like that sometimes where they just say, okay, we want the one eighty twos, we want the uh, Mooney two hundred ones, and uh, you know, Dennis yeah. could get in on that. Maybe I don't know. Do they do they do that or no? I don't think a Mooney would make that great of a short field performer. Well, uh, I mean, short would be in the uh, you know uh, eyes of the beholder, I guess. Well, if I take all the seats out and right. uh, you know take the passenger seat out and mm-hmm. empty mm-hmm. fuel, yeah, I might be able to get off in uh, eight nine hundred feet. But these guys are taking off with some of these purpose built stole planes in tens of feet. It's right. just Absolutely. ridiculous. Yeah, I don't know. I think the landing's more impressive when I see them come in and they almost look like they're hovering like a helicopter mm-hmm. and touchdown when they're, they're going into the wind. I, I'm, I'm just like, that is nuts when you see that. I'm just waiting for a serious pilot to come in and do it one day. Yeah. And but sometimes the caps they, right over. Don't, right. don't they do competitions like that sometimes where they'll just take regular airplanes and, and see you can do the best, uh, you know, type of approach or sh- shortest landing and that kind of thing. That's a thing, isn't it? Tom, what do you think? No. Yeah. Yeah, there are, there are certainly places that uh, that do landing contests in particular uh, with regular airplanes that fly into that sort of thing. You know, not to be confused with pumpkin drops, turkey drops, chicken well, drops, exactly. uh, those kind of things. Yeah, so, we do got yeah. Thanksgiving coming up, so get ready for that. That's what we do. <laughs> yeah. We need the frozen turkey thing, get the whole WKRP yeah, that's thing right. going for sure. That's right. But uh, As God is my witness, I thought they could fly. Yes, exactly. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, there could be some of those popping up here in a couple weeks. But, yeah, I, I mean, was uh, you had that stall competition. Was that kind of like the, the main uh, attraction as far as events for this? Or, was, or would you say it's just one of many? Well, it was certainly one of many, but it was certainly a, a big draw. We yeah. also had, um, for the first time in a long time, we had a movie each night. The first night was actually Maverick. 
Of course. Um, so it was uh, for a lot of people. It was an opportunity to see Maverick outdoors and uh, sitting in a lawn chair uh, with a bunch of airplanes around you. So that was kind of a neat environment. Absolutely. And um, cool. and then Speed and Angels, I think, was was the uh, one on Saturday night. So and, you know, people seemed to enjoy. It. We had lots of campers. Interestingly, I ran into a guy who uh, had a Vashon Ranger, which is a little two place light sport airplane, high wing, kind of designed as a little bit of a backcountry kind of light sport aircraft and this guy was six four hmm. and he was camping inside his fashion ranger the seats fold down he had a pad and he could actually stretch out in this little airplane with his feet back into the tail cone wow and uh so he was he was having a great time but a lot of other people you know they had cook stove set up and tables and of course some you know, maybe some alcoholic beverages kicking around there and people were having a nice time uh, out in the camping area as well. Well, there you go. They were hanging out with AOPA and Tom Hanks yeah, and Dennis and the crew. Great stuff. More coming up on Just Plain Radio. Just Plain Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. Imagine traveling twice as fast as you can drive. Imagine taking friends and family snorkeling, surfing, skiing, shopping, and more to exotic destinations. Imagine attending business meetings in cities far away and still making it home at night. Or just imagine exploring the wild blue yonder. Quit dreaming about it and get to it. There has never been a better time to become a private pilot. And flight training professionals in Orlando will show you how. Flight Training Professionals in Orlando is your full-service flight school. A state-of-the-art flight simulator, a fleet of the latest Cessna aircraft, and a staff of full-time seasoned flight instructors are just a few of the many reasons Flight Training Professionals in Orlando is the place to start your aviation adventure. Call 407-896-0077. That's 407-896-0077. Or go to ftpros.com. That's ftpros.com. You are now clear for takeoff with Just Plane Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. How soon can you land? I can't tell. You can tell me I'm a doctor. No, I mean I'm just not sure. Or can't you take a guess? Well... Not for another two hours. You can't take a guess for another two hours? Come fly with me, let's fly, let's fly away. If you can use some exotic booze, there's a bar in far Bombay. Come on and fly with me, let's fly, let's fly away. They say, come fly with me, let's fly, let's fly away. This is Just Plane Radio. Gregor, co-pilot, that's me, along with Captain Dennis, and formerly from AOPA, we have uh, Tom Haynes helping us out today, official consultant for Just Plane Radio, and just all-around great guy, enjoying retirement, more busy than he's ever been, of course, that's just how it works in life sometimes, but he's uh, having uh, having a good time with it, and I'm glad he took time to join us today to help us navigate the latest aviation news and information. Now, uh, we got some uh, updates on commercial flights. You know, we're coming into the holiday season, and uh, I mean, already the uh, commercial carriers have been uh, on fire, and I mean that, uh, I don't mean that literally, 
Uh, but I do mean busy-wise. They've been crazy busy. And uh, I don't know, making up for lost time with all the slowdown over the last few years. But, man, it, I mean, you try to get an airline ticket, the the, the tickets are up. Uh, traffic is crazy. Uh, the airlines are just... Seats aren't available. Yeah. I mean, it, it's going to be been- interesting to see what happens Thanksgiving weekend because it's already jam-packed. And uh, when the holidays really kick into high gear, Thanksgiving weekend, it's going to be interesting to you know see and hear what we uh, get as far as traffic traffic is concerned. And uh, they're already what what the FAA put out an alert that they want the airlines to reroute because of you know d- too much traffic in the skies. Dennis, what's going on? Well, yeah, what we're seeing is a lot of the the major traffic corridors from the northeast, especially. You know, there's a choke point coming into Florida. And they're seeing that these routes are just saturated. They're, you know, trying to get through the Atlanta area, through um, basically Alabama, uh, Mississippi, you know, as they're trying to funnel into Florida from the Northeast and Midwest. And so the DOT has actually reached out to the airlines and saying, hey, guys, there are underutilized paths to get from the Northeast, you know, from the New York and whatnot, by going offshore. If you cut the corner in North Carolina and come into Florida at Jacksonville, you can be, you know, maybe 50 miles offshore, but you're avoiding all of that congestion that you would normally see coming through the the main part of uh, Atlanta and some of those heavier areas. You know, um, you could avoid that whole airspace and it would make for more efficient routing and reduce delays and air traffic delays, things like that. Hmm. So the airlines are looking at it, but, you know, the FAA is saying, hey, start considering that and looking at, you know, equipping your airplanes accordingly for over, you know, extended over water. And so that's one of the considerations that the airlines have to make sure that the airplanes that they're going to put on those routes have got the additional life rafts and other requirements for, you know, for 30 minute over water legs or whatever the requirement is. Yeah. I mean, is there is that pretty extensive or do you know, Tom? I'm just going to you because I, I have no idea. Do they got to make yeah. a lot of changes in order to do something like that in that regard? Well, from an aircraft standpoint, you know, I, I think there are certainly some um, things they, they have to make in order to fly those over further offshore routes. Yeah. But I, re- I remember in 2020, um, right, right after the Thanksgiving was a total disaster yeah. for the flights headed to Florida. I mean, we all thought 2020 the uh, air traffic was down. Well, it was down some. However, the number of air traffic controllers, the number of pilots and that sort of thing was also being really pinched because of COVID. Right. And so the, the flights that were in the air were were pretty full. And um, the FAA had so many issues with controllers, particularly in Jacksonville, Jacksonville Center, that um, it was a real choke point. And so there were massive delays for Thanksgiving. And I sat in on a couple of meetings um, right after Thanksgiving with the FAA and DOT and a bunch of other stakeholders, including AOPA and National Business Aviation Association and others, trying to figure out how to um, come up with a solution to better route traffic around Jacksonville um, because of the issues, the, the choke point there. And, and and all of that is still an issue today, in part because uh, they're still having some issues with staffing at, at a lot of FAA centers, including Jacksonville. Um, and then, you know, as, as, as Dennis was talking about, from a geographic standpoint of the Long Peninsula, flights all trying to come in and down the coast uh, using the same routes. Mm. So it's been a problem for several years, and they're still trying to come up with solutions. And this this actually seems the most promising that we've heard in a while, because 
Otherwise, the FAA solutions were telling private pilots, people flying business jets, that sort of thing, to come in and file your flight plan early so that the FAA knew who was coming when so they could do a better job of staffing. Well, okay, that that can be helpful, but you still got a lot of traffic trying to move through the same airspace where coming offshore a little bit further, opening up these new routes, um, I think is probably going to be more impactful and more helpful than some of the other things the FAA and DOT have been talking about. Yeah. And I would imagine, I mean, that that may uh, add a little bit of time if they have to divert out over the water, but probably not much, I would think. Would it be, you think? Yeah. If you look at the map, I mean, when you come around the corner by Charlotte, North Carolina, you know, that area, Mm -hmm. it's actually more of a straight line than it is coming inland through Atlanta. So it potentially could be quicker. Yeah. But Tom, Uh, as far as uh, other than that, then, is there, You, I mean, do they have to have more life rafts on board to fly over the water more than 30 minutes? Is there another element that the airlines would have to take into consideration in, in that regard? Well, obviously, fuel planning could be impact- impacted, as Dennis points out. In some cases, the routes are after are actually shorter. However, you know, lots of times on these routes, they have to carry more fuel than they really need because of the right. potential for holding or, in some cases, being taken down to lower altitudes where those airplanes all burn a lot more fuel at lower altitudes. Um, and in some cases, um, uh, um, holding or reroutes mm-hmm. uh, because of the traffic situation. So if if these new routes ease some of that traffic congestion and improve the flow, it actually might mean that the airlines could carry less fuel. Um, so uh, that that would certainly be beneficial on several levels for them, uh, mostly because they hate carrying extra fuel for the because of the weight penalty. Right. But, it, you know, like in general aviation, uh, you know, we're, we're trained to try to not go over the water if we don't have to. Right. Does that apply to commercial carriers? Not as much, does it? Because that's what they do all the time, don't they? Or do, do the same principles yes. apply? Well, you know, it depends on how far offshore you are. I mean, obviously, airplanes flying across the Atlantic uh, or the Pacific, they have a different set of regulations. They have certain reliability requirements on the engines and other systems that have to be proven uh, over a certain number of flight hours in order for them to get permission to make those really long overwater flights. Um, and, but, but we're not talking about that here. These airplanes are not that far offshore, uh, and are easily within, you know, 30 minutes or so of, of landing, uh, you know, getting to a land airport. So, anyhow, they, it's really pretty minimal other than, as Dennis suggested, maybe additional, um, life jackets or life rafts that, uh, they might otherwise not have to carry. Got it. And, uh, Dennis, there's also a story about, uh, well, the holidays and, and fat people. Uh, they are something. I don't know. Is that what it is? I don't think that's what the press release said. But uh, what, no, what are, that's not exactly what it said. But um, you know, I just back dumbed when, it down uh, for us. Tom and right? I. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, Tom, do you remember back when you were learning to fly? I mean, it, you were probably learning around the same time I was, maybe maybe a few years earlier. Um, but wasn't the FAA considered a standard adult male or adult female was 170 pounds? Right. Oh yeah, board. absolutely. Well, and we we've gotten fatter. I guess maybe it's because we go out for the hundred dollar hamburgers. Uh, we tend to weigh right. a little bit more than that now. Those old Waco uh, tacos will get you <laughs> every time. Uh, so the FAA has changed their guidance now. So airlines don't go and weigh every passenger as they step on. They use an assumed weight, and they now have weights for females and males, and they change it by season. So they, we are now in winter weight, and uh, they now consider the average male is uh, is winter weight now is up 
up to 205 pounds from our 200 pounds. So, well, we're getting uh, ready to hibernate for the uh, long cold winter. Is that it? And they're figuring that into the uh, weight limits on the airplanes. Oh, God help us. We have no chance at succeeding as a species. All right, well, we'll figure this out one way or another. We got more coming up. Stay close to Just Plain Radio. Just Plain Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. Just Plane Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. Whoa, kill the motor, dude. Let us see what Squirt does flying solo. This is Just Plane Radio. Greg, your co-pilot. That's me, Law Captain Dennis, and formerly with AOPA and now full-time consultant for Just Plane Radio. We got Tom Haynes with us, uh, helping us out. Um, you know, when it comes to commercial flyers, the the airlines, they're they're saying we're heavier. Uh, we're going into heavy season, which is like, well, it makes sense. I mean, what you put on how many pounds for uh, the holiday season, Dennis? You want to throw a number out there? I'm saying what five to ten, easy. You know, kind of cruise uh, ship. It depends. Type Are you stuff. going on a cruise again? Yeah. Well, no. I mean, <laughs> it's either the holidays or a week long uh, cruise. You're, you're going to, you know, stack up a little bit of that. And evidently, they figure that in. To, and I didn't know that that the commercial airlines figured that in to their weight limits for the season. They have seasonal weight limits. We find out that is that is very interesting. To well. It probably plays into the additional clothing too. I, you know, here in Florida, we ah, still are wearing sure. shorts, shorts and t-shirts. But if right. you're going to Minnesota, it's uh, wool parkas, hats, boots, in addition to the shorts and t-shirts mm-hmm. that you're taking with you to Florida. Mm. So I, I, you think all, it's more that stuff. than the extra piece of pumpkin pie that we're going to have on Thanksgiving? <laughs> I'm not so sure, man. But uh, it's interesting that they're monitoring it and uh, keeping track of it. Because they got to, you know, I, for whatever reason, they got to figure out their fuel consumption, and that's a factor, a big, big factor. And they're they're all about saving every buck they can, and uh, they seem to be well, doing pretty good right now. But uh, what what's going on exactly, Tom? There's some story about uh, some COVID uh, money that the airlines received that, that they were supposed to give back to the the passengers, but they didn't. What what is this? Yeah. Yeah, DOT came out this week and and uh, was uh, basically issuing fines to a number of airlines because they have not returned to passengers some six hundred million dollars in flight cancellation uh, refunds that they were supposed to have. You know, during COVID, when like every most flights were canceled, um, a lot of the airlines were a little reluctant to give the the refunds back because they were having cash flow problems of their own. Uh, so the DOT was, you know, a little bit relaxed about it. And they're like, well, okay, we kind of get it, but you know, you're going to pay back eventually. Well, eventually when things picked up and got better, most of the airlines did pay back. However, there's a number of airlines, mostly uh, foreign ones, but one U S one frontier hmm. that uh, basically has said, nah, not, not really into that. So where they're still sitting on the money. So wow. DOT this week finally said, Hey, you got to pay it back. And Oh, by the way, uh, there's $7.25 million in fines 
spread across these uh, airlines that they have to pay in addition to returning the money that they were supposed to have returned anyhow. Wow. So it's a I- interesting move on DOT's part coming after Frontier in the U.S. and then a couple of uh, European airlines as well. Interesting. Uh, do the airlines have a defense? Do they say why? Uh, other than you just kind of put two and two together and thinking that, well, we don't want to, <laughs> you know. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, so I think that's what it's been uh, that that they thought. Well, maybe maybe they won't they won't notice or they won't follow <laughs> through. And and DOT this week finally said enough is enough. It's time you've had a chance to recover. So uh, shell out that money of the passengers. Yeah, you know when you're dealing with uh, you know the the B carriers, you know like Frontier, Spirit, you know uh, well, you could put right. a, you know a number of them in that category. But if you stick with the main guys, I mean, I got to give them credit i mean i had a lot of stuff i had scheduled i'm sure you guys did too uh but you know delta american united they they did a pretty good job as far as like saying you know if you booked a ticket you can uh you know uh, take it back as credit or a refund if yeah. and if you do the credit it, you, you know you get more than a year or whatever they extended it out and mm-hmm. you know and i ended up booking quite a few tickets knowing that i was able to change yep. them without a penalty and i thought i got pretty used to that for a while i wish he'd do yeah. that all the time you know like southwest does that yeah you know i, I love they that do. about southwest i don't know why the other guys just won't keep to it because well they don't have to i guess is the way it yeah. comes to the bottom line right you think yeah yeah, I mean, I I think some of them actually are staying a little bit flexible still. I had to to cancel a flight on American recently, and um, I was actually talking to an agent, and 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 I said, well, what's it going to cost me to be able to use the refund? Because the way that works, you know, you get some kind of refund, but then they charge you like a hundred dollars right. to be able to access the money that they're keeping for you. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh no, no, there's no there's no charge. I'm like, oh, wait a minute, no, no. The, I mean, what, what's it really going to cost me when I go into you? There is no charge. And she finally had to convince me that they really weren't going to charge me to go back and use this money. So I think some of them, at least for now, still are a little more flexible than they used to be. And let's let's hope that sticks. Yeah, I would love love it if they did because yeah, it can be a hundred bucks, two hundred dollars easy uh, as part mm-hmm. of a change fee that they throw on these things. And you know, because otherwise, I mean, it's great. You can sit there and like, you know, I want to go to this place, go visit the family. Uh, I, you know, and you have to wait and book it until you know for sure you can go. But if you know you could change it, yeah, you know, you're you're tempted to pull the trigger sooner. You know, and that once again yeah. it goes back to, you know, when I book stuff on Southwest, I, I really like that because I know I can lock in a price. I got a good price. And if I got to change it, I know I can do it without a penalty. But, you know, with the other ones, they, you know, they were doing that for a while under the guise of COVID. But now that that's kind of uh, relaxed some, they, they've kind of pulled that back a little bit or are starting to. But I wish they would keep that uh, in place. That'd be nice. Now, we do have uh, another story. Uh, off the uh, you know commercial airline stuff. This is more you know GA related. Uh, the location is where for this airport that they tried to privatize, Dennis? Where is it? This is the East Hamptons Airport. You know the the upscale uh, ah, New York destination. Right, right. The Hamptons. Uh, they have been trying yes. to yes, exactly. They've been trying to shut this airport down or privatize it in an effort to control who. When, because they're trying to get rid of like the helicopters and the charter jets and things that are coming in there. Yes, exactly. Mm -hmm. So uh, a judge just ruled at the end of October that the uh, he has ruled uh, ending this battle uh, over the airport's fate. Basically, he said that they um, acted both beyond their legal ability to shut down and privatize, and in an arbitrary and capricious manner 
um, in, in devising this plan. So it's basically, they're done. Uh, there's no no coming back from this. It's done. It's over. So, you know, I'm hoping that this is now going to give people some incentive to go up against Santa Monica, uh, Santa Clara County with uh, Reed Hillview and some of these other airports where the cities have been looking to East Hampton as a, hey, maybe we can try that. And this is now showing that, hey, you accepted federal money. You have an airport. It needs to be open to the public. You can't just decide Oh, we're going to make it private and we're going to, you know, close it off and decide who gets the privilege to come into this airport. Right. So I'm, I'm happy to see that and let's hope that that success spreads. And that's something that uh, AOPA has been working on for years, trying to fight that kind of thing. It seems like the never ending battle. Is that true, Tom? What do you yeah. think? <clears throat> yeah. I mean, there's uh, always a few reports on our, our problem child list. Uh, uh, Dennis just n- named several of them like Santa Monica and Reed Hillview in California, East Hampton out on the East Coast there in Long Island. Um, so, yeah, it's it's been a problem. And uh, I, I give the East Ham- the town of East Hampton credit for being creative in their approach to it, though. Their idea was that they would take this public airport and because they kind of they own the airport, they're obligated by the FAA, mind you, uh, they're going to close the they were going to close the airport and then reopen it as a private airport for which then they would attempt to control as Dennis said, the act, the, the access to it, you know, who could land and when and put a lot of restrictions in and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And so they, they kind of thought they had that all sewed up. Uh, and then the FAA stepped in and said, no, not so quickly, because if you close the airport, um, uh, oh, by the way, you can't just reopen. It's not like throwing a switch because we're going to take it out of the air traffic control system and you're going to have to plug it all back in again. And that's going to take time. Meanwhile, of course, this judge fortunately weighed in uh, with this ruling that makes it, uh, seem like it's just not possible that they're going to be able to, you know, privatize this airport uh, and do all the things that they wanted to do. So it is it is a big win. And and it's nice to um, just kind of pull that one off the table and keep other airports like Santa Monica, for example, from attempting the same thing. But it, it was kind of a creative solution. I had not heard of a community trying to do that before. It's now interesting that somebody did it and got shut down, so it won't be used by anybody else. Right. Well, they're trying to set a precedent. Didn't work this time around, so they got to go back to the table and come yeah. up with something new or some different approach, or better yet, just give up and let us fly our aircraft into your airport, especially going into the holidays. And on that note, we're going to wrap it up. Till next time, I remember there's no better high than learning, than learning to, fly. to fly. Just Plane Radio is brought to you by JustPlaneRadio.com. I say we take off and nuke the entire site from Morbid. Your aviation resource on the information super skyway. It's the only way to be sure. Just Plane Radio is a production of Overboard Entertainment Incorporated. But just plain wrong. Remember, you can listen live or to archives of past shows worldwide over the internet at JustPlaneRadio.com. I'm going to leave my people up to the radio tower. So tell a friend and take off every week with Just Plane Radio. And I'm going to make a call. The show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. Listen up, everybody. I have some news. The opinions you just heard on Just Plane Radio are those of the hosts, callers, and guests. We are screwed. They are not necessarily those of any station or network, its management, or advertisers. A little too far. Cross the line. There are many factors to consider before learning to fly. What is your problem? So make sure you do your own research and get the proper instruction before your exploration into aviation. Thank you very much, sir. Have any questions or comments? Feel free to do so via the web at JustPlaneRadio.com. 